guide. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday, December 2nd, regular meeting of the Historic Preservation Committee. Madam Clerk, can you please call the roll? Committee Member Murcher? Here. Committee Member Muller? Here. Committee Member Purdell? Here. Vice Chair Houston? Here. Chair O'Neill? Here. Thank you. Uh, next item is public communications. This is the time we set aside for the public to talk about any item that is not on tonight's agenda. Madam Clerk, is there anyone who would like to speak to us on any item not on the agenda? There are currently no public speakers. Um, however, one email will speak and it is posted online. My, my audio, uh, I'm, I'm not hearing you very clearly. Is it just me or is anyone else having some? Yeah, not, not clear. I'm having the same issue, yes. Okay. Okay, let me, we did a test earlier. Is that any better or worse? Okay, MB. Yeah, it's very muffled. Yeah. You know, it seemed to improve when your face was at the camera instead of looking down at your desk. I don't know no, if that's- problems. Oh, okay, that's better. Test one, two, three. Much better. Thank you so much. Okay. It's funny because I can't hear you guys now. <laughs> yeah, I'm having similar issues on my end. I can't quite figure it out, but. We'll figure it out. But um, so as far as the public communication, there were no public speakers. One email was received and it has been posted online. Thank you. I believe the email was about the tree trimming at the Sheridan house for everyone's information. Um, okay, so we can move on to con the consent calendar. Um, item one, approval of the HPC October 21st, 2020 meeting minutes. Do we have any comments or corrections on the minutes? Hold on, sorry, I have to toggle here. Um, let me see. I had a couple just real minor typos, if, if I may. Um, on page three, um, in the paragraph, the first paragraph really on the page, the first sentence, it says, uh, as the project does not meet, and it should just be meet, uh, the Ivy Cemetery, Ivy Lawn Cemetery Historic District Design Guidelines. And then on page, the same page, under the bullet point list of recommendations, the last one, the term clear story is actually um, not two words, clear and story. It's actually C-L-E-R-C-L-E-R-E-S-T-O-R-Y. So if we could just get that corrected because it's a technical term. Um, those are the only comments I had. Did anyone else have any comments or corrections? Seeing none, can we get a, I think we need a motion. Do we need a motion and a second to approve? That's correct. Okay, we need a motion and a second to approve then, with, as corrected. I move so to moved. approve and corrected. Second. I'll second. Okay, we'll go with uh, Vice Chair Houston moved and uh, Committee Member Purcell seconded. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> 
that's going to do that. Now we can't hear you. Let's see how we can work this out. There are a lot of audio issues with Zoom, I've noticed. Uh, maybe everyone has experienced it. If you have two microphones, get feedback. Committee member Mercer? Yes. Are we voting? Oh, I didn't hear anything. I'm so sorry. I apologize for this. Okay, committee committee member Mueller. Uh, yes. Committee member Purcell. Yes. Vice Chair Houston. Yes. Chair O'Neill. Yes. Committee that member Mercer. Carries. Did you get to put your vote in, Committee member Mercer? I know you said you couldn't hear. I, I couldn't hear, but I, my vote is yes. Okay. Just wanted Thank to you. make sure we had all votes accounted for. Thank you. Okay. Item two, approval of the 2021 Historic Preservation Committee meeting calendar. Um, we did receive link to the calendar to review. Does staff have a presentation? Wanna discuss the calendar? Okay, do any committee members have questions or comments on the calendar? Otherwise, we need a, a motion and a second to approve. So we're moving to Thursdays at six o'clock? Um, yes. So yes, we were all contacted, notified, asked about that. So I don't see any problems. Okay, great. Okay. I'll move to approve. Great, we have I a second. I will second. Thank you. Can we have a vote, please? Committee member Mercer? Yes. Committee member Mueller? Yes. Committee member Purcell? Yes. Vice Chair Houston? Yes. Chair O'Neill? Yes. That motion carries. Great, so we have our meeting calendar. Thank you. <clears throat> Okay, and our next item is a formal item, item number three, emergency, emergency streamlining ordinance status report. Um, probably unlikely, but do any committee members have any ex parte communications on this? Okay, seeing none. I believe we have a presentation from staff. Thank you, Chair Neal, committee members. You're Were muted. you all able to pin the PowerPoint yeah, presentation? Am, am I coming in low? We cannot hear Can staff right now. If you were speaking, you are mute. You're, we have to see your red mute button. Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, were you all able to pin the PowerPoint presentation in Zoom to be able to see it large on your screen? I didn't want to begin if that's not occurring on your side. I believe we can see it. Okay, great. Um, thank you, Chair O'Neill, committee members. Um, 
Tonight, we wanted to give you an update on the emergency streamlining ordinance. This is a status report update. We did an update to the city council back in October 12th, and the full presentation along with that PowerPoint um, presentation is on that meeting date if you desire to see the whole presentation. This is a consolidated version um, to strip away what was relevant to the HPC. The city council presentation uh, covered all the boards and committees and this one will be focused on the HPC's role during this emergency streamlining ordinance. Um, and then the staff report that was uh, presented to city council was attached with your packet of what was presented to them, just for reference and content uh, for you. Uh, so what the emergency streamlining ordinance was, or is, is that on May 18th uh, of this year, the community development director did present to city council an emergency ordinance uh, intended to streamline the development review process uh, during um, the closures and impacts of COVID. And that emergency ordinance had um, basically three main principles to it uh, for streamlining of development projects. One of the main principles was that the community development director could route a development project to a different hearing body. So given the scale and the scope of the project that was under review, that the director could take a look at that project and either move that up to a, a different hearing body if it warranted more review or could move it down to a lower hearing body if the scale and scope of that project warranted it. So it did allow the director the flexibility to adjust hearings. Secondly, it did allow the director flexibility to turn a project uh, that would go to multiple different hearing bodies to make one of them the final action body for the project. For example, if a project needed to go to um, design review committee and also to planning commission or needed to go to design review committee, historic preservation committee and planning commission, they could make the last piece, the planning commission, the final acting body and make the other committees a recommendation to that final acting body. Uh, that's different from the current process as the current ordinance um, requires action by each committee or a decision maker on different pieces of a project. And so this streamlined the process, allowing things to move forward with just one final action. Um, and lastly, uh, the significant part of this was it expanded mailed and email noticing. So in addition to the standard noticing that is done for a project when it's scheduled for a hearing, the emergency ordinance uh, also expanded noticing to occur at the beginning of the process. So when the uh, community development department receives an application for a project that we do send out notices both mailed and emailed to surrounding properties to notify them that a application has been submitted. This allows the public to engage in the process and be aware of a project at the beginning where they're able to um, more uh, readily influence a project or provide comments before things have been finalized or many revisions have occurred to, to better give them the opportunity for feedback and input on a project early on. 
Uh, it also then um, expanded our email noticing that we did email also the community councils and the city council notifying them of new applications right. as well as our public hearings. So it did uh, allow for more uh, involvement in that regard as well. And so since May 18th, when that ordinance was adopted by city council, uh, we did promise at that time that we would give them reports or updates on the progress of that. And so the status report was between May 18th and September 30th. And so we are providing the same status report update uh, for the HPC uh, during that period. So uh, in that uh, four month period, there were 28 projects that were heard at the various hearing bodies. This includes City Council, Planning Commission, Design Review Committee, um, Historic Preservation Committee, as well as our administrative hearings. And that totaled 20 different hearings across those different hearing bodies. Uh, within those 28 projects that were heard, 12 of the projects were modified in some fashion uh, in their approval process. That, that roughly equates to 43% of the projects. Specifically, if we break out what the Historic Preservation Committee looked at and how that affected projects that this body reviewed, um, there were three hearings during that time period of the Historic Preservation Committee uh, where you heard three projects, Willett Ranch, Father Sari and Anna Kappa Courts. And of those three projects, uh, one of them had a modified process that you participated in. And so I'd like to uh, break out the Anna Kappa Courts to, to discuss, discuss a little further. So Anna Kappa Courts was the project uh, in downtown that was on the corner of Palm and Main Street. This was a mixed-use multi-story project that included ground floor commercial and upper floor residential on the corner and the top hat preservation at the, the corner to be preserved with the project. Uh, this went to all, all three committees, the Design Review Committee, Historic Preservation Committee, and the Planning Commission. So the, the DRC, or Design Review Committee, reviewed the project first and reviewed uh, the design of the project and forwarded on recommendations that uh, the HPC saw and the Planning Commission ultimately acted on. And those design recommendations were forwarded in the motion um, that moved on to the Planning Commission that then was brought to the Historic Preservation Committee to look at the project in its entirety. Uh, the HPC looked at the CEQA document as well as the project and the design. Um, if the HPC remembers modifications were made to the mitigation measures or recommendations for modifications were made at that hearing to the uh, mitigation measures as well as the HPC uh, agreed with design recommendations that the design review committee had made on the project. All of those recommendations were then forwarded on to the planning commission, both the DRC's design recommendations as well as the HPC's, and the HPC made a final action on the project. So they reviewed the entirety of the project as well, including the design, the CEQA, and the project, and they um, uh, adopted all of the recommendations that were made by the DRC and HPC. So those translated into conditions of approval in the project, as well as um, 
the mitigation measures were modified in a final version that was brought before them. So prior to the emergency ordinance, the DRC would have acted on the design solely, and then the HPC would have acted on uh, the CEQA and the project, and then the PC would have acted on the project and uh, the CEQA. And so this would have come in pieces to each of the, the different hearing bodies. With this um, ordinance, emergency ordinance, it was streamlined that all of the hearing bodies could look at the project and focus on the expertise that each of the committees had in reviewing the project based on that expertise with a um, complete package being forwarded on to the PC to act on. Uh, this also is helpful for the public because if the public participated, say, at the HPC meeting but was not part of the, the DRC meeting, they could still comment on the design because there was still opportunity to do so. Uh, under the, the uh, former processes, uh, when DRC is a final action on the design, when it moves forward to the next hearing body, the design portion has already been approved. And that can be confusing to the public that wants to comment on the design when that action has already occurred at a former hearing. So it does allow for the opportunity for, for more streamlining and transparency for the public to be involved throughout the process. Uh, so with that, um, just to summarize, the H this was the only project that really uh, was modified by the HPC uh, to provide a status on, but um, the emergency ordinance was meant to be a quick and temporary solution to improve the process, but there's a lot of lessons we have learned and can learn from it, and so we are doing the status report and wanting to get some feedback from the HPC on um, are some of these improvements something that warrants further review and even um, to make in some type of permanent fashion? So 12 of the 28 projects had their processes changed, and then one out of the three projects that the HPC reviewed had the process modified. I didn't touch on the Father Sarah statue, which the HPC did review as well and then had a modified process because the process was really modified as it pertained to an appeal that was processed for it. But there was modification based on the emergency streamlining ordinance for that as well. Typically, an appeal of an HPC decision would go to planning commission, but uh, in this case, it was bypassed and went straight to city council since the city council was already considering the recommendation that the HPC was bringing forward to them. So with that, uh, given there have been lots of uh, room for improvement and think lessons learned from this temporary emergency ordinance, uh, we are exploring a permanent ordinance to move forward in 2021 and would like some feedback from the HPC uh, on your experience with the modified projects that you have um, reviewed. The, the permanent modifications will most likely affect the DRC the PC and the administrative hearing the most, as a lot of the projects that the HPC reviews are recommendations to city council or are actions by you that already occur. And so uh, we think that the HPC's role will be less impacted, but there will be some adjustments. Um, given that, uh, you know, the, the project that you did experience with Anna Kappa Quartz, 
Um, how do you think the processing of that project occurred? Um, and staff is looking for any feedback you, you might have for us for consideration. Thanks. Because uh, this is a formal item, we would uh, next have questions of staff, if there are any, and then if the public, if there's any members of the public who would like to speak, they will be able to speak, and then we can go into a discussion and feedback. So there, are there any questions from committee members um, so far before we get public comment? If you could raise your hand. Committee member Prezell. I guess my question, my main question is, so the decision of currently under the emergency order, the decision of which body makes the final um, decision on the project is at basically just the discretion of the planning director or the community development director, I'm sorry. It's just at, at his discretion. That's correct. To which body, okay. I just wanted to make sure I understand that. That's correct. Based, the emergency ordinance is, but a permanent ordinance would not. It would not leave the discretion up to the director. It would be outlined in the code. Can I, can I, there would be criteria for, for what kinds of projects went where. Is that what you mean by it be outlined in the code? There'd be certain criteria for when a project went to which body or the process. Is that what you mean? And yes, you can, of course, you can add to that. That'd be great. Correct. If I understood correct, Chair O'Neill, committee members, it would be outlined in the ordinance of what projects went to what hearing body. Um, and uh, based on what has occurred most frequently with the emergency ordinance is that the committees have become recommending bodies to the administrative hearing officer and the planning commission. So um, the permanent ordinance would explore something like that, where um, make, making the DRC and the HPC recommending bodies, where um, your actions would be forwarded as a recommendation to uh, a final action body like the planning commission, city council, or um, uh, administrative hearing. Would you like to add to that? Would the city attorney like to add to that or clarify? I was just going to make a comment about the emergency ordinance and while there is discretion as Netta mentioned um, that the ordinance does provide does have some basic uh, framework within which the director has to exercise that authority so it's not just a carte blanche discretion but there is some framework within which he has to make that decision um, committee member um, Mueller I think I saw your hand next uh, thank you. Um, I'm just trying to get the process uh, a little bit clearer in my mind. Uh, as as uh, you know, a body, we will discuss and make recommendations and then pass our recommendations on uh, typically to the planning commission. Uh, a lot of times our recommendations are, uh, you know, you need to change something, come back and show us what you're going to do. Uh, and I don't know to what extent uh, we get a review of uh, the implementation of the recommendations we might make, even if the planning commission uh, incorporates those as requirements for approval. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Mueller. If the, if the HPC still thinks there's modifications and would like to see it again before they make a recommendation to the next hearing body, you can do that. And so um, you can ask for the project to come back 
to you. And um, that's something even under the emergency ordinance you can do until you feel comfortable enough making a recommendation to the next hearing body. Similarly to landmark statuses that come before the HPC that then make a recommendation to city council for final action, if that needed to come before you multiple times until the committee felt comfortable with forwarding your recommendation, th that is still something you are able to do. Thank even you. Even as a recommending body. Um, Vice Chair Houston, you had a hand up before. I guess um, I'm asking a similar question about how this uh, works as opposed to how it worked before the emergency ordinance. So, um, for example, the cemetery project that we reviewed at our last meeting, um, after we made our recommendations, they went to the administrative hearing officer, um, who I don't think things had gone to the um, administrative hearing officer previously, uh, things that we had um, made recommendations on. Or So what would be the difference, say, on that particular project? Would, would our findings have been final previously, and this time they're going to a somebody beyond rather being recommendations as opposed to being the final word? Uh, sure. Um, so the Ivy Lawn Mausoleum has not gone to administrative hearing yet. Uh, they, they did take away HPC's comments and are refining their design and that has not been finalized yes, yet or scheduled for um, administrative hearing. It would be similar to planning commission. So uh, like Anna Kappa courts where you formulated a recommendation that went to the planning commission for action, they would receive all of those, um, you know, instead of a seven member committee, it's a, a one member, um, would receive the recommendations from the uh, HPC and then make a decision based on that information. But I think the question was prior to the emergency ordinance or any potential change to the ordinance, it would not have gone to the administrative hearing. That's correct. So if, um, thank you, Chair Neal, I missed that piece. So uh, prior it would have been a uh, final action from the HPC instead of a recommendation to another hearing body. Uh, if, if the ordinance is permanently amended making the Historic Preservation Committee a recommending body, you would then make a recommendation like you did with Anna Kappa Courts to uh, PCH, uh, PCCC or um, the administrative hearing. It would be similar to landmark projects and Mills Act contracts that the HPC commonly sees. Do we have any other questions of staff? Committee member Prezel. Um, would the development of the language that would go into the ordinance if this were to be pursued, would that be developed, like would there be a public process associated with that or is that? Yes. Okay. Yes, that would be, that would require an ordinance amendment that would have to go through a public process, uh, would need to go um, at the minimum to planning commission and city council. Would our ordinance have to be amended as a result of that as well? 
or no? Um, unknown at this time. Um, once we take a look at how um, a permanent ordinance would take effect, it, it might require multiple ordinances to be amended. It might just require our procedures to be amended. Um, but we can provide more information uh, when we do further research on those components. Okay, thank you. Do we have any um, requests from the public to speak on this item? Madam Chair, there are no public speakers. Okay, thank you. Okay, then I think we can just go into discussion and try to formulate some recommendations to staff on this. Um, does anybody have any initial thoughts or feedback? Committee Member Muller? Well, I, I think we need to develop a uh, language that's clear to those receiving our uh, recommendations uh, that explicitly pass uh, with comment or, or require uh, reapplication to our committee for changes that we want to see in a plan or some document that, that bears on, uh, on what we uh, have findings for. I know in the past we've uh, we've had to ask a couple of times to see drawing changes to be sure that you know the recommendations are implemented uh, rather than kind of trust it to a process downstream. So we need to to be able to say we pass with uh, you know with our recommendation or full recommendation uh, we pass with comment or we we require a resubmittal with the changes as as enumerated and and we should probably work to be more specific in those. So that uh, you know, there isn't a lot of um, uh, unnecessary uh, uh, resubmitting. But I do think, in order for us to um, you know uh, make our uh, judgment on it and, and implement it, uh, we we have to reserve the right to request resubmittal. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that typically happens by continuing an item rather than taking any action or recommendation that would just have to remain part of our power to do so, to decide there's not enough information or it's not sufficient, an application isn't sufficient to get a positive recommendation from us. Right. And I think that it sounded like that would be the case. That's um, correct. And you do yeah. have the option always for recommendation for denials. Uh, this right. isn't saying that you have to make an affirmative recommendation. Um, so those, that option is still also available to the, would be available to the committee. Committee member Mercer. Yes, I have uh, similar concerns and that, um, once we make a recommendation and if that recommendation, there are some questions or people want to revise that, yes, we're notified it's returned to us. Um, see if we can come to consensus with it. Um, because sometimes I feel like it, it, it could just, um, move on and we wouldn't have any ideas to whether our recommendations were accepted or uh, or not or if we could have a second say in that um uh, vice chair houston i guess my uh, my concern is similar in that um if we have previously been a final body to say this meets the standards or it doesn't meet the standards and that's going away and we're now becoming a recommended recommending body 
then projects can get approved by a higher body or I mean, can just be modified. So I, that's a concern to me. Yeah. No, I think and I don't, I honestly don't know. I mean, when things have gone to the planning commission after they've gone through us and DRC, I don't know if they have been modified or not. I, it, I, it, it's happened. I mean, we don't know what happens after it leaves our hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a good point that for any, right now under the emergency ordinance and should any changes take place that a more robust report from staff be provided at subsequent meetings to tell us what happened with projects. Um, obviously we can follow and go to the planning commission, speak as a member of the public, and we're all free to do that if, as, you know, citizens, residents, but, um, but there, there can be, my first question with this, with this report was what about Ivy Lawn? And the reason it's not included is because it hasn't gone to the administrative hearing officer yet. But of course we, you know, don't know in the interim when, when that's gonna happen. So um, some more uh, follow-up reporting, I think would be really helpful. So that we just know that we need to keep it on our radar to, if, we want to, if we want to attend that hearing what happens so we know when they're coming up like a list of cases and when they're coming up to the next hearing um for Anna Capricorn so my previous experience in a prior commission um uh there is and, and we they would do these sort of joint design review bodies and I don't think it really helped you know when there were multiple I think the consensus was it, it didn't make things easier which I think that you all have done here before as well when something required multiple approval from multiple bodies. So that's not a solution that works in those cases to streamline it. Um, I think when it's something that does require multiple um, reviews by multiple bodies, there is benefit to having one final reviewing body actually like just from experience, like in this case, the planning commission, for example, for Anna Kappa Court. Um, because you can get into a vicious cycle of conflicting feedback and approvals. So my feedback on the process is when it's a highly complex, large project, something like that, that's gonna have to go through multiple bodies. It does, there is logic and benefit and public benefit. I appreciated that being brought up, multiple opportunities to give feedback through the last hearing to assigning a single body to be the final review and approval. Um, I do think there is value in that for the, for the city. When it comes to things that are projects like Ivy Lawn or something like that that deals with a historic district, a landmark, you know, there's design guidelines. We're supposed to be deciding if something meets the standards. Any future ordinance to me, the final reviewing body should be the HPC. Just like if it's, you know, if it doesn't require approvals from three, four, or five bodies, you know, it should go to the body with most expertise for final approval. I don't see how it benefits anybody to go to two two meetings then when it could be one, if we could, if, if one could be the final, one expertise, one group of expertise could make the final decision or a recommendation to council, which is usually more of a consent 
issue than a full discussion item, something like that. But so to me, that's where I would draw the line on anything in the future. Um, that's just my feedback. I don't know what people think about that, but uh, Vice Chair Houston. I would agree with that. I, and I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, and I had another thought, oh, there, there can always be an appeal process. I mean, if we're the final, final and possibly the only um, body making the, the determination, then there, I assume, would be an appeal process. So it wouldn't be the final, final word. Exactly, that's a great point. Committee member Muller, you had your hand raised. Right, well, um, you know, there was some research done, maybe it was last year, on how many kinds of approvals were sought by which different uh, groups, uh, the DRC and Planning Commission, and it was a fairly small fraction that fell into our lap, the HPC. Uh, and I'm wondering if uh, staff and, and the, the city would consider just simply exempting all items that come before the HPC uh, to be streamlined. Uh, there won't be so many of them that it should change the efficiency that's gained uh, from this process and other projects. And then it, um, because our, our, uh, our purview seems to, to fall into different areas, it'll, it'll give us a little more flexibility and maybe it would be more efficient to do it that way than, than serially where we contend with uh, the design review people or something like that. So I, I would ask that uh, our feedback uh, today uh, include uh, simply exempting us from uh, this, this new uh, uh, sequence. So Commissioner Mueller, I'm in our committee member Mueller and committee members, I'm not gonna agree to anything tonight. I, I think tonight it's just to get feedback on experiences um, and uh, your, your feedback as the HPC on uh, how this process has, has worked with, and, and I do acknowledge it's been a limited amount of projects that have moved forward in this time period. Um, committee member Mueller, it's not that simple. Um, there are codes and our committees touch lots of things. And so uh, for the case of Anna Kappa Quartz, and there will be other projects like Anna Kappa Quartz, um, a, a single project can be touched by almost all of the hearing bodies. Um, and then it gets a little convoluted in that regard. So we're trying to comprehensively look at it and setting up a system that works for um, the majority of the projects and makes it um, easy for staff to manage, for applicants to be aware and the public to be aware of how they all fit into that process and that occurs. For uh, a lot of the projects that the HPC does review currently, you, you do act in a capacity as a recommending body. Uh, for landmark statuses, you do make recommendations to city council, most of which are to city council. You make recommendations to city council. Um, most times they do just approve those uh, recommendations, but the city council could choose not to make a project a landmark status that the HPC recommends or could make modifications to do that. They do have the purview to do that now. Um, and then with Mills Act contracts, which you do review as well, those are also recommendations that go up to city council. I think 
um, from the experience of what we've seen with most of these, of the 28 projects that have occurred in the um, last four months of, of the status report, three have come to HBC. And so it will be a, a small group. And then of those three, only one were modified. So I do think for the most part, if, if modifications were made in this area and we did pursue that, it would um, be the least impactful to the HPC. And we absolutely can take into consideration uh, the sensitivity of the, the type of projects you do look at, especially from the expertise of historic preservation. So I, I appreciate all that feedback, and I, and I wish it was that simple, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. I think it's more that the criteria for, in anything that, in any changes that we adopted, that the criteria for when our process changes would be, you know, very clear. Um, and that other, I mean, I think the main concern I'm hearing is obviously, you know, when it comes to things where we're looking at design for compliance with the standards and making sure there's no impact under CEQA, for example, um, and why that would need to go to a different body, you know, it, it seems like that it wouldn't. So something like that would not, would be, you know, not one of the criteria, you know, that would stay that we make the decision. Um, you know, unless it gets into one of these where you have many levels of joint review. I think that's, that's my feedback. I think we can each give different feedback. I don't, this is not an act. We don't need a consensus on this. We're just giving you, um, Absolutely. thoughts on how, how it's gone. Correct. So we don't need to. Correct. There's no motion or recommendation. That we're just looking for very early on feedback before we start looking into our codes and thinking of what a permanent ordinance would look like as that taking shape, just to hear from the HPC and the DRC. And we are also going to go to the Planning Commission next week just to hear back from our committee members. We want to make sure we're sensitive to the experiences you've been having with these projects. And, and um, we, we absolutely believe, you know, feedback from you helps make a, a better product. So I do hear, um, and if I, if I may summarize, um, and please let me know if I'm incorrect, I do hear concerns that the um, standards be protected and what the Historic Preservation Committee reviews um, for historic um, projects uh, to look at are there ways to uh, preserve the actions that the HPC takes as final action on some of these historic projects, if there's a way to preserve that being a final action and um, explore that, such as the Ivy Lawn Mausoleum as, as one that uh, recently came before you. Um, anything else that I missed to, to make sure we take into consideration? I would add that I would, and in anything in the future, that there would be no reason that the HPC couldn't be the final hearing body um, because, for example, I have been involved in my previous life on projects that would go to, you know, maybe their architectural review board and planning and the Landmarks Commission, but the real heart of the matter was, you know, did the project comply with the standards because otherwise there would be an impact under CEQA and the the Landmarks Commission was the final hearing body, not the Planning Commission, for example. So the the ability to make that decision when appropriate, if multiple, not always punt 
one decision, you know, the decision to somebody else on a important project, I would want to see that somehow preserved. That's my feedback on that. Um, that's my last piece of feedback, I guess. Okay. Understood, but Chair O'Neill. Yeah. Just a, a, a small addition, yes, thinking of uh, the Anacapa courts. Um, HPC feedback and recommendations is so necessary in a pro big project like that because it is located in our very historic downtown district. And so while um, design review may have the final recommendation, it, it's certainly, we, we certainly need to be kept in the loop and work together with another committee in a large important project like that. So am I hearing that that would no longer be taking place or what? Uh, no, that in most cases, the DRC is the first committee that reviews it and reviews it for the design and then that moves on to the next committee. For the, for the case of um, Anna Kappa Courts, um, DRC gave recommendations on the design and they had some adjustments and then the HBC was able to hear the design recommendations of the, the DRC as well and give feedback as well to them. Previous, well, under our current ordinance, the DRC would act solely on the design and then it would go to HPC then to act on the next piece and then to, to PC to act on another piece. And so it created a disjointed process. This would be then um, more of a free flow of the project going through the process, allowing um, each committee member to, to look at it in its entirety, if that makes sense. Committee member Um I'll just weigh in. Um, I, I think my main concerns have pretty much been voiced already by everybody here. I mean, my main concern is just that this is removing the teeth out of it's taking, it's taking some of the control away. I do agree that the process that we currently have is disjointed and I think it's often not efficient and I think we can all agree to that. So I think there's definitely improvements to be made. I think it's not easy for me at least to weigh in on how this process has been working so far because I feel like the experience was very limited and I feel like with Anna Kappa Courts, that, that project had a long history and everyone was ready to have Anna Kappa Courts move on. I think, you know, I think if a year ago that project went through this process, it's possible that Planning Commission wouldn't have, you know, accepted our recommendations and everyone would be really happy about the outcome. I think that there's a lot of projects where there's, there's more controversy than that. And, um, so it seems like it worked in, in this specific instance, but I just am cautioning that I don't think that's, that will always or maybe even often be the case. And so I think the key is to develop the ordinance, you know, to ensure that in situations where there's historic or potentially historic properties involved that we are um, able to retain some um, you know, some more power, basically. Yeah. Yes. I, I agree. The other thing I would, that I would not just add to that is that I think 
you're totally right. And that I would put a, I have the recommendations that I've voiced, but I would put a pin in any further thoughts until we see how things like Ivy Lawn work out. Because one, one example is not a, a end of an old project, as you point out, with a lot of history and already weighed in on by everybody a bunch of times is not a very clear picture of how this will go from start to finish. So <clears throat> I think that probably concludes our feedback, unless anybody has anything else to add. Um, all right, so our, we do not have to take any formal action, I don't believe. So our next um, item is staff communication. Does staff have a report or updates to share? Uh, thank you. I, I do just have one follow-up item. Um, there was a member of the public who had asked uh, more questions about a, a specific property in the city that wanted to give the HPC an update on. Uh, it was 658 East Thompson. Um, there is a a house there that is currently having work done without permits um, and uh, the code enforcement branch of community development did um, research this project um, and since 2019 has an open case on it that's uh, a notice has been issued a notice of violation that they were doing work without permits there were several issues one was they were um, making modifications to the porch and steps uh, of the the residents and making that without going through the appropriate HPC process as well as getting building permits. So we are working with the property own, owner on um, going through the necessary process to do so. So if you see that property on Thompson and it has some some boards up and things of that nature, that know that the city is aware of what's occurring there and we're we're taking the necessary steps to try and rectify that situation. Um, so that's an update on, on that site. And then there are no other um, HPC hearings in, in 2020. And then you just adopted your calendar for 2021. And so we will be contacting you about those future dates. That's all from staff. Okay, thank you for the update. Um, but we do have one other item, which is, um, I believe, Vice Chair Houston's term actually expired. Is that correct? And we will be looking at, is that correct? Hello, they expired at the end of June, actually. <laughs> um, and I know that they've advertised for, a re, you know, to fill the vacancy, but I, um, I assume I'm still on it till they do. I'll keep answering any emails I get. <laughs> okay. Um, have there been any applications received or is there any schedule for filling them? Does anyone know? Madam Chair? Yes. So actually, um, I, I, through email correspondence with uh, committee member Houston, she said that she was not going to reapply um, and we have not received any other applications uh, to date. Haven't. I'm sorry? Okay. I thought there was somebody who was going to apply, so I'll check on that. <laughs> okay. But as of today, we have not received any. Okay. Thank you. You're stuck um, with I... us, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're stuck with me. That's great. <laughs> no, right? Don't tell anybody. Um, does anyone have any other announcements? No. 
Okay, well then with that, um, happy holidays and happy new year and the meeting is adjourned. <laughs>